Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast with me, Scott Chaloner. This podcast, just like the Leaders' Council itself, is all about recognising and celebrating those people who keep this country running. We exist to give leaders a voice outside of their own organisations and to support them in the same way that they support their staff every single day of the week. Now, if you are in a leadership position yourself and would like to have your voice heard on the national stage, then please do go to leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Now, each week on this programme, I'm joined by a different CEO, CFO or COO, maybe director, secretary, chairman or president even, in the aim of truly discovering who those people really are that get up every morning and make this great country work. We get their take on the current economic and political landscape of the UK and discuss everything from taking a lead to caring for those most in need. And of course, the success and innovation that makes it all worthwhile in the end. Now, my guest on today's show on what is a sunny day now here in the capital is Yelena Millich, the owner and manager at the Cube Disability in Northamptonshire. Established originally back in 2000, the Cube is a day centre and care service for adults and young people with a range of learning disabilities. It is operating four centres across the county currently and has gained notable support thanks to their innovative and alternative approach to care. Um, Yelena, very warm welcome to you today and thank you ever so much for joining us on the show. Thank you, Scott. Yes, the rain clouds have moved away here in Northampton, so we've got some sunshine. But thank you again for the time and the opportunity to to be able to speak about disabilities, COVID and what's going on in Northamptonshire at the moment. Absolutely. Um, It's pleasing, isn't it, that it's um, turned into a really nice day for this. And it is a pleasure that you've taken the time to join us on the show. And given the nature of the work that you do, I do feel first and foremost that it would be remiss of me if I didn't ask just to what extent the whole COVID-19 situation we find ourselves in has affected you and your operations and what it is that you do day to day. It has affected us um, dramatically, I'd say on several levels. One is the business. In this last year, we've managed to look at our business plan, how it works, how it operates, and actually change and adapt everything. When you run a business daily, you never step back and go, do you know what, that part works, we Mm. could tidy that up. So it's given us the opportunity to refresh our buildings without anyone in them. So it's safe, clean, hygienic, change the buildings around, give it a freshness. So when people do come back, it's going to be something to look forward to, something more challenging. The staff as well, have, although they've been furloughed, some of them have been active. And their roles have changed where they're not so office-based. Um, as an employer, I've change my role so I used to be as you said the leader of the cube disability but in this time I've reflected and actually thought do you know what I can't do everything I can't do the paperwork check the staff ring out the parents so for me it's been an awakening and trying to make the business role better so it's been very dramatic these last 12 months on a business level on the health level and indeed wealth as well. 
Yeah, it's been a real time of self-reflection, hasn't it? And I think we've really understood over the uh, the last year that we are, as people and indeed the systems we put in place, not infallible. There are going to be issues that, um, of course, have come up for a review. We've been looking at how we can improve things over the course of the last year. And just looking back on those last 12 months, um, what new things in your capacity as the leader of the Cube? Do you think that this pandemic experience and adjusting to this new reality has taught you I think one of the big changes is how we um, roll out our service. So it used to be very out in the community or in our bases. So now it's had to go through Zoom, through the computer, through telephones, um, FaceTime, etc. So how we adapt and present our business module has turned completely on its head. So you've had to really sit and think, how can you provide the same level of service, innovative, modern, quirky, challenging, as you did before? And you've got to do it quick because we locked down within 24 hours last year. How can you change your model and get everyone engaged? So it is is challenging. And also it tells you you cannot keep the same business model you have to change and adapt with the environment. If not, you get left behind. And one thing that's really been amplified over the course of the last year as well by the health crisis is the importance of mental health as well. And working with particularly vulnerable people as you do at the Cube, how important is mental health with regards to your leadership, would you say? It's been a very important part of uh, an adult with learning disability or a child. So society ignorantly would actually think that someone with a learning disability could not or would not show mental health as well. How wrong are they? So someone with a learning disability will also have mental health as you and I. And the last year, COVID, the lockdown, has shown so many people who thought they were strong And they wake up one morning, they have an anxiety attack and think, you know, what the hell is this? What's going on? Or they're worried. So these anxieties and fears that everyone is experiencing on different levels have been surprised themselves. But let alone someone with a learning disability who cannot explain what it is. You might not recognize these signals, but everyone has it. So none of us are free of that it affects us all so i think that's been an important part to recognize that our clients can and will have mental health but also the staff so although the staff are furloughed and sitting at home Mm. how do i know they're okay so you do have that responsibility we all do you want to make sure your neighbor's okay but how is your member of staff and then it affects their families so our clients, our people with learning disabilities, their family who live in their house, it affects them. It's like a domino effect, so it spreads through everywhere. So mental health is a big topic as well that we are now looking at, recognising it. Before, we used to be embarrassed by it. We're not anymore. And it's really highlighted the importance as well as 
of having mental health and a positive mental attitude right at the forefront of a remote working strategy as well. You've got to have ways in place of understanding, engaging just how people are feeling, what kind of help they need, what kind of motivation they need, because that way, if there are sort of any issues of deteriorating mental health, then that's something that can be flagged up and hopefully dealt with as soon as possible. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, first of all, you've got to talk about it. So you've got to say to your clients and family, how are you? You know, don't be embarrassed to say, you know, how do you feel? Can you sleep? Are you worried? Ask those questions. And if the feedback is very close, probe a bit more. If you find someone is struggling with mental health, then, as you said, put in some positive, um, challenging ways. Put in some friendships. Um, support we need to think differently and also continue it mental health can go away and come back can come back worse it can also be hidden where a member of staff or a client is very withdrawn so you you've got to recognize the signals and then operate on them and it's thinking outside the box like that that sort of led to the cube being in existence in the first place, isn't it? Because I think it was back in 2000, um, you founded um, the Cube Disability following a seven-year spell working in social services. And over that spell, I can imagine that you've probably thought something along the lines of, there's more that can be done here. And that ultimately was what motivated you to start your own organization, I suppose. Absolutely. When I first worked in social care, I mean, all the clients were looked after well, but they didn't have opportunities. So, for example, if after COVID's over, you want to go for a cup of tea and a coffee with your friend, nobody stops you. But with someone with a learning disability, where they're going to go, who they're going to go with, have they got the money, where they're going to sit, can they drink it, will people stare at them? And are they, in inverted commas, allowed to go out the building? So... For me, I found it um, shocking, was the word I would use, that someone couldn't make that decision. They couldn't be able to say, do you know what, I want to go for a cup of coffee. It's such a simple pleasure, and they were denied it. So you have to challenge these practices that people innocently think are okay on protecting someone. But people with learning disabilities have to have the same risks as you and I. We might cross the road and not look. We might cross the road rushing. We might stand at the Pelican Crossing. So ha- what do you teach someone to keep them safer, but you don't remove that pleasure? Because we'd never walk out the house in the morning, would we, any of us? Mm. So someone with a learning dis- disability needs to experience life as you and I do. They just need a little bit of help. And that's where carers and family and friends come in. So give them the support. The big word is enable. So enable these people to achieve what they want to do. And it's their choices, not my choice imposed on them. So we have come a long way. Um, I would say back to COVID, the two disappointing things that have come out, which again, I'm going to use that word, I was shocked and they've been rectified. One of the first ones was that when someone with COVID went into hospital, it did say, do not resuscitate. 
Now, how shocking is that? So if you've got a sister who's Down syndrome and she's got COVID and goes into hospital, they automatically make that assumption. How cruel is that? You know, we should have moved on from that. But that's been really highlighted and that has changed in recent months. So thank God that has changed. But, you know, we've gone away from those thoughts. The other one was the vaccination, that these people with learning disabilities are very vulnerable. They're the most vulnerable in our society. And as a country, the UK is brilliant at looking after our most vulnerable, the elderly, the disabled, learning disability. We are very good and we ought to be proud of that. We were very good with older people, but we forgot about learning disability. They're marginalised, a very small group of people. So you only could apply for your vaccine jab if you had an underlying health problem, mm. i.e. asthma or another problem. But if you just had a learning disability, it went on your age. Now, we did campaign about that, and we had some celebrities like Joe Wiley, her sister Frances has got a disability, and we pushed it. And luckily, Boris went along and went, I totally agree. Now, anyone with a learning disability can just ring up their GP and get that vaccine. But can you see, it's not that people don't care about learning disability. It's just that we're forgotten. So we have to push learning disability out there. We are part of society. We are you, hashtag, we are you. There's no difference between someone sitting in a restaurant eating a meal with a learning disability to you and I sitting at the table next next to them so they're the two things that i thought was very sad about covid and mm. like i say they have been rectified but i still found it shocking that they were so marginalized and forgotten about so let's celebrate learning disability of course the care sector in the uk is fundamentally a bust one and all across the board be it um caring for people with learning disabilities as you do be it sort of domiciliary care be it domestic care mm. um there have been some significant fundamental issues exposed and really brought to light by the pandemic and before covid actually hit we were hearing from the newly elected then conservative government that there would be a root and branch review of the care system and there would be some fundamental action to address some of the key long-standing issues what the pandemic has done is it's essentially basically reminded everybody that this has to come in the post-pandemic world, doesn't it? Once we get out of this, that review of the yeah. system has to come and action really does need to be taken going forward. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, the system is working, but it could work better. And COVID has highlighted certain weaknesses. But it's an opportunity, isn't it? Maybe it's been pushed forward. So once COVID mm. is over... Everyone needs to sit around that table and push all those areas forward. We need to spend money better. We need to give better services. And we need to involve the people whose services we're talking about. But, um, you know, it is an opportunity. Let's not waste that opportunity. That's what I say. Let's hold on to it and embrace it and come up with good ideas and challenge you know, and be forward thinking. We've got to be forward thinking. 
Exactly. The innovation shouldn't just be confined to the pandemic period. I think you're absolutely right there, Yelena. And um, yeah. with, the, mm. with the government's roadmap out of lockdown, of course, now out in the open and there being sort of a rough time frame for the reopening of the economy, I suppose we can now look to the future with some sort of optimism and some expectation, really, that by this day we can start to resume these fundamental services again and we can start to look at what we can do better. Um, is that the case for yourselves as well? Do you now sort of have a little bit of a clearer roadmap going forward about what the future holds for you? There were mixed messages. Our local council were very good, Northamptonshire. They sort of are in very good contact with everyone and involved in us all. But other councils within the country have sort of said to people with disabilities, the services they offer, sort of you choose when you want to open. You do need some guidance or, or else all different services will open at different times. And some people will feel, well, my friend's going to that day centre. I'm not. Why is that? So you need some guidance. You obviously need to still put protection in because we don't know what's going to happen. We can't predict the future. Um, vaccination is great. And again, the UK is absolutely amazing. The best in the world. I think Serbia second. Um, you can tell by my surname and Christian name. I've got family uh, in Croatia, the former Yugoslavia. Mm. You know, they're way behind on furlough, etc. So we're very fortunate to have these um, bandages, if you like, plasters to help us get through this COVID. So when we open in a few weeks' time, we still can't be reckless. We've got to put procedures in, but we still need to be optimistic and look to the future. We need to get people back to what everyone is now calling the new normality. But it won't be the same. For example, we will open our centres, but we might have less people. We will still continue with our Zoom sessions because we can't remove that. People need that as well. Um, so you've got to adapt your business. And you've also got to be positive. You can't have this COVID drag everyone down. The economy's got to keep going. People have to keep going. Like you said earlier on, your mental health. So we've got to look to this summer and think how we're going to make things better, how we're going to get back to that new normal. And certainly under that new normal as well, there could well be a greater role for those people with learning disabilities that have made it through as well, because we've made great strides towards equality in society, but there is still much more to be done on that front. Yes, indeed. Um, there's about one and a half million people in the UK with a learning disability. As I said earlier on, they're marginalised. Um, so we need employers, big companies to say, do you know what, I want to actually hire someone with a learning disability. We run out a program where um, it's called 60 Minutes to Work. So one of our clients can go to a company, work for 60 minutes, give them a taste of what work is like. So if every company did that, we would be more inclusive of everyone. So we need companies to think differently. We also need society to think differently. Why can't a, uh, a member of parliament be someone with a learning disability? You know, let's mm. push people out there. We, we're great at doing um, other movements. 
of marginalised groups. Let's focus on learning disability. As I said, COVID showed these two shocking um, features that a learning disability was a forgotten society, if you like. But we are part of the society, so let's include us. So I'd like to see that change. Um, I'd like to see more laws made to help people with disabilities. We have three buzzwords in our company, embrace, enable, and empower. So first of all, we need to embrace disability. And I would say most British people do. They'll always say hello to you. You know, they see the vulnerability and we're great at helping. But we need to enable these people with disabilities to get jobs, have those opportunities, walk down the street freely, safely. And we can only do that with everyone joining in with we are part of society. Then we've got to empower people with disabilities through laws. So they can actually turn around to their mum and go, do you know what, I want to marry my boyfriend next year. You can't tell me I can't. I want to have a baby next year. So we need that in law that people with learning disability can make their own decisions. So we are getting there. We're really, really good at, at the process. We just need to be even better. I went to Dubai last year and I visited several centres with disability. And when I arrived, I brought some goodies from our company, pens, T-shirts, magazines. And, of course, it said the cube disability. And the top lady went to it. I'm so sorry, young man, but the word disability is banned in Dubai. Mm. Yeah. And I said, oh, what word do you use then? Because to me, disability is better than the words we used before. So they actually say the enabled so I walked away and I thought, why are we changing words? And what's the message when we say the enabled? But maybe we should be thinking differently. So I was touched by that. And then I actually thought, we, we are, they are enabled. We are you. Hashtag, hashtag we are you. We are part of society. So they challenge that word disability. And we need to keep challenging Never think it's okay because society changes, life changes, like this COVID taught us. It's something that's been unbelievable, unimaginable, you know, like biblical. You could never imagine it. But out of it, if we can make things better, then it's been okay. It's been worth doing. So as I keep on saying, I'm, I'm a big champion of this. Learning disability is marginalised. I want to see that change. So let's enable people, let's empower them, let's embrace them. So they're the, the good things that I think are coming out. At the moment on television is an American programme. It's called, it's not a very nice name, Crip Camp. And it shows disability in America in the 70s when they had a camp. And it's worth listeners watching it because it gives you quite challenging views of learning disability and it's their show and it's how they think and what they want. And I looked at it and I thought, you know, that was the start of that movement. How far have we come in 30 years and more? And can we keep changing and adapting? And I think we can. And as I said before, my role within my business has changed. I was very hands-on and now I'm stepping back 
because one, I've got time to think, to think about disabled people and their rights and their lives. And two, to challenge it, to promote it, to ask questions, to even be on this interview now and mm. talk about disabilities. We're not hiding it anymore. You know, we're out there. So embrace us, walk with us. That's what I would say, walk with us. And what society also has to face up to as well is that even though somebody may face an impediment into in terms of what they want to contribute to society that they have to get over, that doesn't mean that they want to contribute any less than anybody else, does it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I think we've just got to move forward, haven't we? We've got to think slightly differently and not be embarrassed by it. That's the thing. Mm, we but do. we, you know, I keep on saying UK is a great place for disability and we are lucky that the government will pay for, you know, disability benefits and uh, services. But we want to present the best service we can. And that's our aim, you know, be as best as we can and even better. And never stop, you know, keep on evolving. And thinking about that journey of evolution now, just before we do wrap things up, Yelena, because I'm conscious that we're starting to uh, run short of time. Yeah. Um, I know we don't have a crystal ball in front of us, but if we could look into the next 12 months as we hopefully emerge from the pandemic and start to see the shape that society is taking in the post-COVID world, what is it that you're really hoping to achieve at the Cube Disability? What's on the horizon for you and what are the changes that you're really hoping to see? I think we're really pushing boundaries. Um, before, we've been on holiday abroad, and I want us to continue doing that so our clients can go to Spain, France, Germany, and even further afield, Dubai, um, you know, Africa, et cetera, et cetera, and be safe to do it and, you know, find friends, not be isolated in their town. So that's big on the horizon. But also different services, like I said, employment's a big thing. So giving people the opportunity to actually have a job and get paid. How marvellous would that be that they can get a, their values? That's the word I'm looking for. That someone with a learning disability, he or her, feel valued that they're doing a good job. But we need people to give them the opportunities to do that. But I'd like to see that change. Um, I do think the next 12 months will be difficult. I think when the furlough scheme stops, we'll see some rumbling. Maybe small businesses might crumble because they haven't got support. So and when people start losing their livelihoods, then society changes. So let's support each other. So I think, you know, um, if I can go down the street and get a coffee from the little coffee shop, I know she's struggling. I will do. So we've all got to keep helping each other and not think it's over. I mean, everyone's mm. saying, you know, health is first and wealth takes over. And there is an element of that. But we've still got to remember there are people out there who will struggle. And like you say, we can't see what's in the future. So let's just prepare. I think that's it. We all have to do that, don't we? And um, I think it's incredibly inspiring just how people have really brought the best in themselves out during the pandemic. And 
we can't just confine that to the pandemic period. It's got to be something now that we really take forward for for the good of society, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, little things that I've noticed um, that people are picking up the rubbish that's marvellous. It's a small thing, but it makes our environment clean and tidy. That people will knock on their neighbour, not necessarily the neighbour next door, but a few neighbours uh, down the road that they've never done before. So the community feel is stronger now. So we need to keep that going because a small community is really a reflection of bigger society, isn't it? It is, and we've really found a sort of reinforced sense of community over the last few months, and that's something that certainly we shouldn't lose sight of going forward because that's going to be all no. important in bringing forward that change that we really do need to see. Yeah, and family. People have been spending more time with their family, and, you know, it's a cleaner environment. We're not driving as much, so from a green point of view, it's better. From a quality of family life, it's better. Even work, people working from home, it's not getting up rushing to work. So I'm sure everyone has evaluated their lives in some way and changes have taken place because it's been a year. And in a year, you will form new habits. So let's just keep the good ones and leave the bad ones behind and move forward. And hopefully in a few years, we'll look back and think, you know, they were difficult times, but look at us. We've all got through it, and we're better coming out the other end. We're better people. That's Let, what you have to hope for. Let's certainly hope that is the change that we um, really do begin to see in the world going forward. Um, Yelena, I have to say it's been a real pleasure and an incredibly inspiring experience welcoming you on to this afternoon's show. And I actually think it would be wonderful just to welcome you back onto the programme at some point in the next few months just to see how some of these changes are taking shape. And we can also just reassess at that point just how things at the Cuba are getting on as well. No, thank you, Scott and listeners, because it, it's a platform for myself to be the voice for our clients with learning disabilities. What would be marvellous is next time we could have someone on with a learning disability. So that's a challenge for you, Scott. <laughs> oh, I'd certainly uh, welcome that opportunity, and it's one that I'd relish for sure, Yelena, absolutely. Yeah, um, brilliant. Thank you once but, again. You know, they, they are difficult times, and I wish all the listeners, you know, stay safe, but be positive as well. I think that's the key. You know, the sunshine is here in Northamptonshire. Let's keep it. <laughs> okay, thank you very much, and take care. Bye, Scott. Yes, thank you very much, Eleanor. And I would echo those words to all of the listeners tuning in as well. Please do continue to be considerate of others. Look after yourselves uh, because better times are coming. The bright weather is coming back and all of your efforts do make such a big, big difference in helping keep people safe and fundamentally save lives during this most challenging time. I was speaking to Yelena Milich, owner and care manager at the Cube Disability, and I hope you all thoroughly enjoyed listening to the interview. Until next time, since sadly all of the pubs and wider hospitality establishments remain closed in the UK, I'll be sat in my front room and raising a glass to outstanding leadership, and hopefully I can reoccupy my usual corner in the Westminster Arms soon. Remember everyone, we are almost there. Please do continue to look after yourselves and be considerate of others. Take care and goodbye.